Bar Podcast Network presents A Guy, A Bride, and a Bible. Grab your Bible and your person. Mark, he's the guy. Andrea, she's the bride. Open up and read along. Hello, everybody. Thank you, Dwayne, for the intro. Hello, my bride. Hello. Welcome to the podcast, y'all. We are part of the Bar Podcast Network, the Bar family. Dwayne is our, I don't like to say the word godfather, but, you know, we've kind of started it. You know, so we've got to kind of watch ourselves. So, oh, by the way, happy birthday, Dwayne. As we record it, it's your birthday. So, say it's your birthday. See, that's the Beatles. I don't know if you'd be Beatles. Why not? I think Dwayne is a little bit more of um I think Dwayne has all kinds of things that he listens to and that he likes. Dwayne is a complicated right. man. I know that's right. Complicated in a good way. Com- complex. complex. There, there you go. go. Not complicated. He's Sorry. a complex brother. You're not complicated. Yeah. That's right. How you doing, babe? Um, I'm good. I just kinda got relaxed. My that's bride great. is amazing, y'all. She is amazing. You are there's so I, I wish I could give just like a whole episode of why this woman Oh my always, gosh. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. She takes it up a notch almost on a daily basis. And not because she is this I've gotta do better. I've got she's confident in who she is in the Lord. She really is. And to see what God does in her life every day is such a reward for me, knowing that man this is, she is not my reward, but oh, what a treasure this woman is to everybody who knows her. She is a great friend. She is a great daughter. She is a great mom. And she is the most amazing bride. I love you. Where'd all that come from? I just, you know, it's there. Just made some orange chicken. It's good orange chicken. What can I say? But it's more than that. And you know it's more than that. There's so much that's gone on in the last month, at minimum, that that alone deserves the accolades. You're very sweet. And you are very deserving. Well, you treat me amazing, too. Oh. I don't have all the words tonight. Because <laughs> I just don't. But. Yeah. <laughs> Ditto. <laughs> Ditto. That's all I get. Hey, y'all, this, the laugh you just heard there, first time I heard that laugh was the day I told her I loved her. That was her response. No. No, it, it was, was part of your response. It was, you, I knew it. The, re, the recreation was this I'm in love with you. And you went, I knew it. You shouted that. Fist pumping. <laughs> Not even metaphorical. She actually <laughs> fist pumped. I knew it. And then she did that cackling laugh. And I'm just like, what do you do with this? What do you do with this? I just sacrificed my whole thing. And that was it. That was the whole shot. Well, you got this like really weird look on your face. Like you had like something that you were trying to keep in. I was. And I was I wanted like, to like not say it. Yeah. And you were like, nothing. And and then you just, you you said, what you told the stewardess, flight attendant. Sorry. 
And I'm going to meet the love of my life. I'm I'm going out for flying out for love. Yeah, I flying out for love. That is my my destination. I told it to the Hertz lady when I rented the car. All the things. Yeah. But you just, it was, the reason I laughed and the reason I said I knew it was because I was like, what is up his sleeve? Because you just were like, mm-hmm. and it was just like, it was so cute because it was like, you just couldn't hold it in. Oh, man. And then you, did you I, plan to say it that weekend? Then? No, well, not that moment. I, I did want to say it when I confirmed, you know, when my heart was confirmed that this was the right choice. I did not want to leave you and not say it. And, but I didn't expect that it was going to be the first night after dinner. Yeah. So anyway. Our story I is I said it back. Yeah. I said Eventually back. you said it back. I think you almost whispered it. If I remember okay, right. Okay, let's just read. <laughs> hey, tell us your story. Um, oh, by the way, this weekend we're going to record an episode with one of our podcast uh, affiliates on the network on Ordinary People Podcast. So we'll let you know when that drops. That's going to be fun. Something new to do. Um, but our reading plan, y'all. The McCain... No. What is it? The McShane. Machine. Machine or McShane, depending on who you are. Um, reading. We are doing the reading today uh, from Joshua 5 through Joshua 6, verse 5. Our psalm will be 132 through 134. Isaiah 65 and Matthew 13. That will be our reading for the night. Hope everybody is enjoying uh, kind of our twist that we turned for this year, for 2023. I like it. I do too. Um, I, I don't know if it's shorter. It feels a little bit shorter than we did before. I don't know why. Okay. And it feels like we've been able to be more consistent with it. Yeah. Which I love. That's really important to me. I know that's right. Would you like to pray tonight? Um, Sure. Okay. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for the week that we've been able to have. Thank you that it's a short week and we've been able to spend more time um, in the Word together. Thank you for providing your Word to us and for loving us enough to um, speak to us and to give us your truth. And so we don't have to be wandering around trying to figure things out on our own. And I pray that we'll be able to see your word and with new eyes tonight and we'll see things in it that we've never seen before. And thank you for my my groom. And um, I pray that um, we can grow closer together as well through this, um, through this reading tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And as a refresher, I've shifted over to the TLV for tonight. Because you found, I found it. You found it. Uh, the Tree of Life version, Holy Scriptures. So we're back to turning pages. We're both turning pages. I don't have a computer on me. I kind of uh, like it. I do too. Does it feel a little more organic? It does. I like analog. Really, I do. But I just feel like I we're like sitting it. here cracking open rebels. Exactly. So um, mine is not like NIV or ESV or anything like that, but it is common English language kind of stuff. But it throws in Hebrew words. Um, sometimes I don't know the meaning of them. And so if you're reading along in whatever version you're reading in these scriptures, you might be like, why did he say that? Well, it just happens to be a Messianic translation. Um, Some Jesus-fearing, loving um, Jewish scholars went back, and this was the version that they put together for 
uh, are reading. And I really enjoy a different twist on things. And I like the way that we'll compare your net Bible to it. Yeah, as they're, well. they're, sometimes they're pretty different. That's pretty cool. Not in a... That's not a not bad way. It doesn't change the not meaning. Not contradictory, yeah. but um, a Com- different spin. Complimentary? Mm. Oh, she got a wince. No, not in a bad way. Complimentary okay. sounds like they're different and fitting together. I think it just adds... Uh, it's like Shrek. Onions have layers? It adds layers. I... Onions have layers. <laughs> Ogres have layers. You don't sound like Shrek. I... You don't, you don't sound like him. I do. He's too beautiful. Okay. Here we go. Chapter five, y'all. This is a bloody chapter. Great. Title of Circumcision at Gilgal. Oh, sorry, men. Yeah, this is painful. Get out the Advil. You have to have periods for 40 years. I think you can handle it. They got cut with rocks. One time. One, One time. time. That's where you're going. Versus 40 years of periods. Oh, man. And childbirth. Come on. And childbirth. You got to bring that one up every time. Kidney stones. Okay. Now, it came about when all the Amorite kings beyond the Jordan westward and all the Canaanite kings by the sea heard how Adonai had dried up the waters of the Jordan before Benai Israel until they had crossed their heart melted, nor was there any spirit in them anymore because of Benai Israel. I have a little... You can try to interrupt if there's a cool note. So yeah, do it. their hearts melted and there was no longer in them breath or perhaps spirit. Yeah. Ruach is the Hebrew, so it translates yeah. both ways. Okay. So they basically they had nothing but fear. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. This is the definition of the freeze, fight, flight, or freeze. They were frozen. At that time, Adonai said to Joshua, make yourself flint knives. And circumcise again, Benai Israel, a second time. So, doctor, because she is one, uh, it's not a one-time deal, apparently. Must have been some leftover skin. I hope so. Otherwise. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Otherwise. I don't even know. You're you're taking. I don't even know. What you don't want to lose. I know. Yeah. So a flint knife is, you know, if you know anything about your rocks in the world, flint is a, a stone that can be um, broken off in layers and it can have a very sharp edge. But it's still not a steel blade or an iron knife that you could sharpen. Okay, let's just keep moving on. We're keeping moving this is, It's painful. So Joshua, he made flint knives and he circumcised Benai Israel at Gilbath. Ah, are aloft. Okay, mine says what that translates to. Okay. The hill of the foreskins. <laughs> oh, man, that's a lot of foreskins. They made yeah, a, an entire Gil, hill out of Gil it. Beth, what yours says, Halaraloth, the name means hill of the foreskins. Many modern translations simply give the Hebrew name, although an explanatory note giving the meaning of the name is often included. Oh, my goodness. And it says the name given to the place, Hill of the Foreskins, was an obvious reminder of this important event. (laughs) Because the memory alone wasn't enough of a reminder. Oh, I think that's going to be the title of the episode. (laughs) The Hill of the Foreskin. All right, here comes our number one episode. Next tour stop. The Hill of the Foreskins. Yeah, so if you ever go to the Holy Land, do ask for the special 
Hill of the Foreskin Tour. Okay. So, okay, here we go. Ugh! Now, this is the reason why Joshua circumcised. All the people that came out of Egypt who were males, all the men of war, they had died in the wilderness along the way after they came out of Egypt. Though all the people that came out were circumcised, none of the people who were born in the wilderness along the way as they came out of Egypt had been circumcised. See, so it's a second wave of circumcision. Second it's not the same wave. It's not yes. the same penises. <laughs> Did you just drop the P word in the back? It's not a bad word. Okay, here she goes. Oh, we can say foreskin repeatedly. We can't say penis. You said it twice. Oh my gosh. Oh <laughs> man, this is the weirdest episode so far. Yep. Okay, we're back. You gurgle stop. You're good to go. Okay. All the men of war. Okay, uh, though all the people who came out were circumcised, some of these other folks were. All right, verse uh, 6. For Benai Israel walked 40 years in the wilderness until all the nation's men of war who came out of Egypt died out, dropped dead, because they had not listened to the voice of Adonai. To them, Adonai had sworn that he would never let them see the land which Adonai had sworn to their fathers, that he would give us a land flowing with milk and honey. But he raised up their children in their place. Joshua circumcised them, for they were uncircumcised, since they had not been circumcised along the way. Now it came to pass, after they had finished circumcising the entire nation, they remained in their places in the camp until they recovered. See, they had to recover. That was very painful there. I just want to point out, in Sunday school, as a kid, when you learn about Joshua, Joshua fought the battle of Jericho, Jericho. Okay, this part is edited out. This is not in the Veggie Tales episode. This, yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know? You. I know. Okay. So one quick note. Go. Um, flowing with milk and honey. Yeah. The word picture a land rich in milk and honey depicts the land as containing many grazing areas which would produce milk and flowering plants, which would support the bees that produced honey. Sure. I think there are rivers we, of milk We anywhere. hear that term, and it's just, it just sounds like, sounds kind of weird. I think it's just cool. Like, that's why I like to, like, slow down yeah. a little bit and read my things and being like, so you just get, it's like lush, and there's fertile. a lot of life. Yeah, there's it's a lot fertile, of life. and yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's a great thing to, to understand that there was a place Basically in the desert. Right. That was opposite the desert. Right. That's why it's called the promised land. Okay. So they recovered. And now, verse 9, Adonai said to Joshua, This day I have rolled away the reproach of Israel from you. Therefore, the name of that place has been called Gilgal to this day. While Benai Israel camped at Gilgal, they observed Passover on the evening of the 14th day of the month in the plains of Jericho. On the day after the Passover, on that very day, they ate of the produce of the land, matzot and roasted grain. Uh, what do you got there in verse 11 real quick? Um, they ate some of the produce of the land the day after the Passover, including unleavened bread and roasted grain. Okay, so matzah, unleavened bread, crackers. I like matzo. Matzo ball soup. Matzo ball soup's yummy. It's like a dumpling. Then the manna ceased on the day after they had eaten of the produce of the land. Let's stop for a second. Y'all, do you understand 
that it has been 40 years and they've eaten moth they've eaten the manna every day most of us stop realizing this as we're reading the story of Exodus into Joshua because it's not mentioned again it's not like they only had it for a week and they got sick of it and God sent them quail they continued to eat manna every day for 40 years that's pretty intense this is how, this is the end of manna. Mm-hmm. And remember, manna is Hebrew for what's that? Um, bread of heaven. No, no. What's that? Oh, that's what it means. That's what manna means. This what's is that? like a who's on first conversation, and you're doing it on purpose. I am doing it on purpose, but it's like what every toddler child says when they come to dinner. They look at the plate and they go, "Manna, what's that?" Okay, right, commander of Adonai's army. This is one of my favorite parts. Uh, verse. Was that 13? Now it came to pass when Joshua, or Yahshua, believe it or not, that is how you say his name in Hebrew, uh, near Jericho, what? Yeah. When Joshua came near Jericho, that he lifted up his eyes and he looked. Behold, there was a man standing in front of him with his sword drawn in his hand. Joshua approached him and said to him, Are you for us or for our adversaries? Neither, he said. Rather, I have now come as commander of Adonai's army. Then Joshua fell on his face to the ground and worshipped. And he asked him, What is my Lord saying to his servant? Then the commander of Adonai's army replied to Joshua, Take your sandal off of your foot, for the place you are standing is holy. And Joshua did so. And Joshua was rightly, I'm sorry, and Jericho was tightly shut up because of Benai Israel, no one going out and no one coming in. Then Adonai said to Joshua, Look, I have given Jericho into your hands with its king and mighty warriors. Now you are to march around the city, all the men of war circling the city once. So you are to do for six days. Seven priests will carry seven shofar of ram horns before the ark. Then on the seventh day, you're to circle the city seven times while the priests blow the shofar. It will be when they make a long blast with the ram's horn. When you hear the sound of the shofar, have all the people shout a loud shout. Then the wall of the city will fall down flat and the people will go up, everyone straight ahead. Joshua, our reading there is done. What do you got? Um, so that was Jesus, right? That was a Christophany. Yeah. Um, it matches all the criteria of a non-angelic being, but one of a pre-incarnate Christ. And it also says the Lord told Joshua. Mm-hmm. This is true. One of the things that is clear is when Joshua kneels before him, he does not correct him in his posture. He yeah. receives that submission. So this says, the commander's appearance seems to be for Joshua's encouragement. Mm-hmm. Joshua can now lead Israel into battle, knowing that the Lord's invisible army would ensure victory. Yep. Beautiful. Um, so, I've been to Jericho. I think I told you this story before. You have, yeah. Oh, go ahead and share it. I think it's one of the best stories. So I went to Israel... And, um, my, um, this was back in the day. Yeah. My best friend in college and I studied abroad together 
So we're 21, and we have a long weekend. So we go to Israel for five days, and we're exhausted. Like, we fly out there, and we're seeing everything, and we heard, we didn't even know the story about, like, we'd heard Masada. Oh, yeah. Um, and they were like, so we did all the touristy stuff, and they were like, you should do, like, the Masada sunrise tour. So you leave at dark, and you climb this mountain, and then you can see the sunrise from there. It's really beautiful. Masada is a fortress built within the mountain, um, and it's not included in a lot of biblical texts because it's extra biblical. Yeah. So we didn't know about it. We are like, well, that sounds kind of cool. Yeah. And you look over the Dead Sea, you know. Yep. And so we do that. Um, we think we're going to, this is a side note, we think we're, because there's a lot of older people in the, it's like a big, it was Palestinians that were driving it. Okay. And so they picked us up and everybody's talking in Arabic and we're like, what are we doing? You know? Yeah. Um, and we're like the youngest people. We're 21. We're like, oh, we're going to, you know, they're these old people. We're the last ones. We're the slowest. They're we're the like, college students not getting out of bed in time. We're like, this is so hard. You know, it's so steep. Anyway, so we get done with that. We walk back down. It's beautiful, right? Get back down. And then um, <laughs> the van stops. And it just looks like... Does it? just it? looks like... Um, just like a town, you know? And they're like... Um, <laughs> and very strong accents, you know? But they're like... Jericho, oldest city in the world. Do you want to take a picture? <laughs> and we're like, nah, we're good. We're tired. You know? And so everybody's just kind of sitting there. And they go, oldest city in the world. And They're we're angry like, with you. Like, what do we have to tell you? You know, we're like, okay. So we get out of this thing and we take a quick picture and get back in. Now, what exactly do you take a picture of? Of, like, the ruins. But were- we literally were like, well... Gotta do the tourist thing. Chink. You know. <laughs> I can just hear that van. <laughs> All right, Jericho to the left. I'll just city of the world. Take a picture. Okay, yeah. everybody back on. They just look at us like, what is wrong with you? Don't you want to see the oldest city in the world? Crazy Americans. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. That's awesome. All right, Psalm 132, 133, so I 134. Trisha tomorrow, and I should be like, You should. Want to go to Jericho? Oh, Jericho. She'll crack up. Hey, man. Isn't our church going to... The Holy Land. Yeah, this year? Um, January. December, January. Oh, next year? 132. 132, 132 please. The Promise of David. Which is David. Mine's just going to say David. Right. Oh, goodness, these two pages are sticking. They're very thin pages. Yes. Okay. Um, I like to have my little intro. Blurb. Do the blurb. Psalm 132. The psalmist reminds God of David's devotion and his promises concerning David's dynasty in Zion. All right. O Lord, for David's sake, remember all his strenuous effort and how he made a vow to the Lord and swore an oath to the powerful one of Jacob. He said, I will not enter my own home or go into my bed. I will not allow my eyes to sleep or my eyelids to slumber until I find a place for the Lord. A fine dwelling place for the powerful one of Jacob. Look, we heard about it in... Ephrathah. Mm-hmm. We found it in the territory of Jar. Let us go into, let us go to his dwelling place. Let us worship before his footstool. Ascend, O Lord, to your resting place. You and the ark of your strength. May your priests be clothed with integrity. May your loyal followers shout for joy. 
For the sake of David, your servant, do not reject your chosen king. The Lord made a reliable promise to David. He will not go back on his word. He said, I will place one of your descendants on your throne. If your sons keep my covenant and the rules I teach them, their sons will also sit on your throne forever. Certainly the Lord has chosen Zion. He decided to make it his home. He said, this will be my resting place forever. I will live here for I have chosen it. I will abundantly supply what she needs. I will give her poor all the food they need. I will protect her priests. All her godly people will shout exuberantly. There I will make David strong. I have determined that my chosen king's dynasty will continue. I will humiliate his enemies and his crown will shine. Well, I love God's promises. And these are conditional promises. They're highlighted with if. If Israel does their part, this is what I'm going to do. That's key because what we know is David's sons starting with Solomon himself, start bailing out of what God puts before them. And so the promises of David's lineage as king over Israel begins to wane. And so we see others sitting on the throne. We see the kingdom split and all that takes place because the faithfulness of David's line does not uphold their end of the bargain. Sad, because look at all that promise. I was just reading today because I started um, BSF like in December, and so I missed the first few months. For and those so, of you who don't know, that means Bible study Bible fellowship. study fellowship. It's a it's worldwide Bible study, non-denominational thing. So I have my big binder, and I was like, I should go back to like what they studied in the beginning because I have some time before we start the next one. And today was about how. God's word is still relevant today because people continue to struggle mm-hmm. with the same things from generation to generation. Mm-hmm. So what you were just saying about Israel, I don't think it's an, it's not an old problem. No, they, very It's current. not, yeah. Anyway, it just reminded me of that. Okay, 133? 133, the blessing this, of unity. Yeah, the psalmist affirms the benefits of family unity. Mm-hmm. Look, how good and pleasant. I just, did you ever sing it? Behold no. how good and how pleasant it is that the brethren should dwell together. What? That's a thing? I grew up in the church and never sang that in my life. Behold how good and how pleasant it is that the brothers should dwell in... Unity. Together. That's weird. Can we do that with a Scottish accent and call it a drinking song? I don't drink. Neither do I. All right. Look, how good and how pleasant it is when brothers truly live in unity. Note for that. I I'll, just I'll have, read the whole thing first. Behold how good and, and how pleasant it is for brothers to dwell together in unity. Truly live in oh, unity. I'm sorry. That's kind of cool, isn't it? Yeah. Um, this statement refers to the extended family structure of ancient Israel, where brothers would often live in proximity to one mm. another, mm-hmm. like in Deuteronomy, giving the family greater social prominence and security. However, in its later application in the nation of Israel, it probably envisions unity within the covenant community. Yeah. Okay. It is like fine oil poured on the head, which flows down the beard, Aaron's beard, and then flows down his garments. It is like the dew of Hermon, which flows down upon the hills of Zion. Indeed, that is where the Lord has decreed a blessing will be available, eternal life. So, I'm thinking 
Need some beard products. We're going to call it Aaron's, Aaron's beard. beard. Yeah. Okay. okay. And 134. Whew, that's a long one. Three verses. Um, my little intro for it. The psalmist calls on the temple servants to praise God. They in turn pronounce a blessing on the psalmist. Attention. Praise the Lord, all you servants of the Lord, who serve in the Lord's temple during the night. Lift your hands toward the sanctuary and praise the Lord. May the Lord, the creator of heaven and earth, bless you from Zion. Awesome. It's kind of weird that was included. A call, Yours says call to evening worship. Mine says a call to evening worship. So it's actually a, a uh, daily instruction for Israelites to, to worship. Lift your hands toward the sanctuary and praise the Lord. I'm glad you read that because oftentimes people who did not grow up with the tradition of raising your hands in church during worship... I was going, why do you guys do that? Why do you guys do that? Why is it so weird? Well, here's a great example. In Psalm 134, we're commanded to actually lift our hands toward the temple because that's where the presence of God is. So to lift your hands toward the presence of God was a physical response to a spiritual moment right there. So that's why we continue today. We see also where Paul will instruct Timothy, I would that all men raise their hands without uh, fear and wrath. So that's another case there. All right. Um, Isaiah 65. Um, fill the void while I look for Isaiah. The title for it in my Bible says, The Lord will distinguish between sinners and the godly. Oh, I like this already. Look at that. Um, well, guess what my mind's titled? Outstretched hands. <laughs> See? Layers. Layers. Okay. The Bible has layers. Okay. All right, then. I saw it. Okay. The, no. What? No? No. No? Really? No. Did it come out good, though? There was a Scottish enough for you? It was pretty good, but okay. I just... Let's just... All right. I was sought by those who did not ask for me. This is Yahweh talking. I was sought by those who did not ask for me. I was found by those who did not seek me. Um, okay. Mine this... says, I allowed myself on the notes oh, okay. to be sought, and I allowed myself to be found by those who did not seek. I like that. Uh, here or come... my regular, sorry. Yeah. I made myself available okay. to those who did, not, who did not ask for me. That's good. I like all that. I have some Hebrew here, so I'm going to blow it. I said, Hen and I, Hen and I, here to, I am. Here I am. Thank you. To a nation called by my name. So he's talking to Israel. I have stretched out my hands all day to a rebellious people who walk in a way that is not good. Well, I'm glad to see this is not relevant to today. Not at all. Okay. Because we don't have any rebellion going on Mm-mm. in our world. No hatred between people or you know, injustice or anything. Yeah, everybody's okay. seeking after God. Yep. Following their own thoughts. Uh, These people provoke me continually to my face, sacrificing in gardens, burning uh, incense on bricks, sitting among graves, spending the night in cave tombs, eating swine's flesh, and the broth of detestable things is in their pots, who say, keep to yourself, don't come to me. For I am holier than you. These are smoke in my nostrils, a fire that burns all day. Behold, it is written before me, 
I will not keep silence, but will repay, even repay into their laps. Your iniquities and the iniquities of your fathers together, says Adonai, because they burned incense on the mountain. Let's just pause for a second. Israel, in this, in this section, God is pointing out how they violated the Torah in like, every line of like this. Like eating pork. Oh, yeah, from, from like that. That's but a pretty blatant. If you go example. here from verse 5, or is that verse 3? These people provoke me constantly to my face, and this is how. Sacrificing in gardens, so they're not in the temple. They're not even temple worship. Mine says sacrifice in sacred orchards. Mm, that's even worse. They're right? sacred orchards. They're, that's where they're doing false worship, probably. Uh, burning incense on bricks. Mine says, or tiles. So they're not using the ordinances of God in the temple. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, sitting among graves. Mine says, perhaps the worship of underworld deities or dead spirits is in view. Ooh, we don't do that today notes, at all. Are these notes cool, though? But we don't do that today, do we? Nobody does that. That's crazy. Spending the night in the graveyard? What do you got there? He protects... Mine says... The same, keep watch all night long. Okay. But the note says, the Hebrew text reads literally, and in the watches they spend the night. Some understand... I don't know how to say that right. As the Hebrew word for it, as referring to secret places or caves, while others amend the text to between the rocky cliffs. Uh, eating swine flesh, so having, having some pork, some pulled pork there. And the broth of detestable things is in their pots. So they just, everything from the food they eat, the religious so practices, I have a the different note. So they eat pork, but the next part... The broth from unclean sacrificial meat is in their pans. Mm, detestable that, things. That's more descriptive, though, isn't it? Isn't it, though? Yeah. That's so amazing. they cook everything in unclean sacrificial meat. So Israel is violating every single thing you could possibly violate. But then still saying, don't get near me, for I'm holier than you. Yeah, are they saying that to God? Yeah, they're saying that to God. Oh, I thought they were saying to each other. Yeah, they're saying to God. All right, um, I'm turning the page, I'm sorry guys. Uh, and scorned me on the hills, so I will measure into their laps full wages from their former deeds. So God is basically going to give them their due. Verse 8, thus says Adonai, as new wine is found in a cluster, and one says, don't destroy it, for a blessing is in it. So I will do for my servants' sakes, that I may not destroy them all. I will bring forth offspring from Jacob, an heir of my mountains from Judah. My chosen ones will inherit it, and my servants will dwell there. Sharon will be a fold of flocks in the valley of Achor, a place for hers to lie down in, for my people who seek me. But you, who forsake Adonai, who forget my holy mountain, who prepare a table for fortune, who fill cups of mixed wine for fate, I will fate you to the sword, and all of you will kneel to slaughter. For I called, but you did not answer. I spoke, you did not hear. So you did what was evil in my sight, and chose that I, what I did not delight in. Do you have anything you want to share on that? Yeah. You, you've been having notes all night on this. Yeah. Um... I stopped on verse 12, y'all. 
Okay, um, just the translation for 11. As for you who abandon the Lord and forget about worshiping at my holy mountain. The Hebrew text said, has simply forget. The words about worshiping at are supplied in the translation for clarification. So they forget. Mm-hmm. Um, this holy mountain means Sinai, right? Yeah. Yep. And who prepare a feast for the God called Fortune and fill up wine jugs for the God called Destiny. Or Fate. Yeah, I should have pointed out, those are actually capitalized in my text. So. Yeah. And the notes for that, Hebrew for... Um, the first one for fortune, the Hebrew has Lagad for Gad, the name of a pagan deity. Mm. So that was an actual like pagan deity. At the that time, puts a better context on this. They doesn't prepare it? a feast for a pagan deity, and then um, destiny for the wine jugs. That is a different word for many, the name of another pagan mm-hmm. deity. That was kind of interesting. It was very interesting. And then I predestine you to die by the sword. I assign you to the sword. Okay. And um, all of you will kneel down at the slaughtering block. That's pretty vivid. Yep. Before the executioner in the NLT. Yep. It's a big deal because their sin is not. Oops. This is outright rebellion of those chosen by yeah. God and delivered in the Exodus. Okay. Which is ironic because we're, you know, we just got to read Joshua. And we just got the promises from Joshua. <clears throat> right? We're going to deliver you. We're going to give you the land of milk and honey. You're going to go in there and you're going to take out all God's enemies who are the pagan worshiping gods. Okay. And so we're still dealing with this. All right. Verse 13. Therefore, thus says Adonai Elohim. Behold, my servants will eat, while you will go hungry. Behold, my servants will drink, but you will be thirsty. Behold, my servants will rejoice, but you will be put to shame. Behold, my servants will sing for joy with a happy heart, but you will cry from pain of heart and wall out of a broken spirit. I'm sorry, wail out of a broken spirit. You will leave your name behind as a curse for my chosen ones. And Adonai Elohim will slay you. But he will call his servants by another name. So he who sees a baracha in the land will be blessed by the God of truth. And he who swears in the land will swear by the God of truth. For the former troubles are forgotten because they are hidden from my sight. Verse 17. For behold, I create new heavens and a new earth. The former things will not be remembered or come to mind. But be glad and rejoice forever in what I am creating. For behold, I am creating Jerusalem for rejoicing and her people for joy. Then I will rejoice in Jerusalem and be glad in my people. No longer will the voice of weeping or the voice of crying be heard in her. No longer will there be in it an infant who lives but a few days or an old man who does not fill out his days. For the youth will die at a hundred years, but one who misses the mark of a hundred must be accursed. They will build houses and inhabit them. They will plant vineyards and eat their fruit. They will not build and they they will not build and another inhabit, nor plant and another eat. For like the days of a tree, so will be the days of my people. 
And my chosen ones will long enjoy the work of their hands. They will not labor in vain, nor bear children for calamity, for they are the offspring of those blessed by Adonai, as well as descendants with them. And it will come to pass that before they call, I will answer. And while they are still speaking, I will hear. The wolf and the lamb will feed together. The lion will eat straw like the ox. But dust will be the serpent's food. They will not hurt or destroy. In all my holy mountains, sits Adonai. That's one of the best parts of all of Isaiah, that promise of this is it. This is the life of the new heavens and the new earth. I love it. And we this is tied into Revelation. It's beautiful. It's one of the best. All right, my bride, you got anything you want to read? You're, just, you're over there studying notes. I'm good. Would you mind Matthew 13, my dear? Matthew 13, I can get two now. My arm's not around you. Oh, they could only see our studio. So we, fancy. That's how we got all this laid out. We're so fancy. Fancy like. All right. Matthew. Matthew 13, you got a few verses ahead of you. 58 of them. It's a longer one. Make it happen, Captain. The parable of the sower. On that day, after Jesus went out of the house, he sat by the lake. And such a large crowd gathered around him that he got into a boat to sit while the whole crowd stood on the shore. He told them many things in parables, saying, Listen, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured them. Other seeds fell on rocky ground where they did not have much soil. They sprang up quickly because the soil was not deep. But when the sun came up, they were scorched, and because they did not have sufficient root, they withered. Other seeds fell among the thorns, and they grew up and choked them. But other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain, some a hundred times as much, some sixty, and some thirty. The one who has ears had better listen. Then the disciples came to him and asked, Why do you speak to them in parables? He replied, You have been given the opportunity to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but they have not. For whoever has will, whoever has will be given more and will have in abundance. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. For this reason I speak to them in parables. Although they see, they do not see. And although they hear, they do not hear, nor do they understand. And concerning them, the prophecy of Isaiah is filled that says, You will listen carefully, yet never understand. You will look closely, yet will never comprehend. For the heart of his people, this people, has become dull. They are hard of hearing and have shut their eyes, so that they would not see with their eyes or hear with their ears and understand with their hearts and turn, and I would heal them. But your eyes are blessed because they see, and your ears because they hear. For I tell you the truth, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see, but did not see it and to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. So listen to the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches what was sown in his heart. This is the seed sown along the path. The seed sown in rocky ground was a person who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy, but he has no root in himself and does not endure. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, immediately he falls away. The seed sown among thorns is a person who hears the word, but worldly cares and the seductiveness of wealth choke the word, so it produces nothing. But as for the seed sown on good soil, this is the person who hears the word and understands. He bears fruit, yielding a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. 
Anything on that? Um, the other thing that I was going to touch on was uh, the Isaiah part. For those of you who have been following this along for some time, this goes back to Isaiah 6, 9 through 10. Jesus is tying back into um, this prophecy regarding Israel. Um, the conversation with uh, um, Adonai, Yahweh, is telling them back then, okay, you guys aren't listening to me. Like most parents discover about their children. Um, and so we come now to Jesus' ministry where he is teaching them in story form. And sometimes we really miss the, the mark when it comes to a story. Mm-hmm. What does that mean exactly? And But we never kind of lose it. Stories always stay with us. So, uh, a couple cool notes. The rocky ground in Palestine mm-hmm. would be a limestone base lying right under the soil. Right. I like just, that's, that's a picture. You yeah, know? it's practical. And it did so it didn't have depth. Um, Palestinian weeds like these thorns would grow, could grow how how hard, how high, blah, blah, blah. how high do you think that the thorns would grow in Palestine? In Palestine, I don't know, uh, 12 to 24 inches? Up to six feet. I was close. Height. I was close. Yeah. You said two feet. Still close. Um, and it would have a major root system. So they fell among like a very treacherous very established weed yeah yeah it's hard to grow in that that and so they were crowded out they crowd out the good plants okay so i I also think that because of what you just said there wouldn't good soil be rare then sounds like it yeah so when those seeds found good soil I heard it said by a pastor one time, a very evangelistic pastor. He said, when you read this parable and you're an evangelist, you realize that only 25% of your work will produce fruit. Kind of let that sink in. So that is why pastors, or evangelists rather, will scatter the seed of the gospel to a large crowd of people, but it will only produce true fruit in yeah. one-fourth of them. Some of them might produce fruit right away, and then poof, they're no longer following the Lord. Some, it'll just bounce right off their heads, and only one-fourth of them will take it, hear it, and grow. But there's never a call to stop scattering the seed in this parable. It's just really important to note. Okay. <clears throat> the parable of the weeds. He presented them with another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a person who sowed good seed in his field. But while everyone was sleeping, an enemy came and sowed darnel among the weed, wheat and went away. I have a little note about that. Um, so darnel, the plant name for it is lolium tamulentum. Thank you. An especially undesirable weed that bears an uncanny resemblance to wheat until the ears of grain appear. So close is the resemblance to genuine wheat that the darnel is sometimes called false wheat. It's considered poisonous. Like a false gospel. Ingesting the weed causes feelings of drunkenness and can prove fatal. Aww. I didn't know that. Did you know that? Actually, I did. Fine. Under Roman law, the sowing of such poisonous plants in someone else's field was specifically prohibited. 
A number of recent English translations use uses weeds, but this does not convey the poisonous nature of Darnell or the similarity of appearance to wheat. When the plants sprouted and produced back to the Bible. When the plants sprouted and produced grain, then the Darnell also appeared. So the slaves of the landowners came and said to him, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Then where did the Darnell come from? He said, An enemy has done this. So the slaves replied, Do you want us to go and gather it? But he said, No, since in gathering the Darnell, you may uproot the wheat um, along with it. Let us both grow to let both grow together until the harvest. At harvest time, I will tell the reapers, First collect the Darnell and tie it in bundles to be burned, but then gather the wheat in my barn. Mm-hmm. Interesting. You know, this is this is not about um clear differences between Christianity and say um atheism. This is about that which looks almost like. Yeah. So close. What John and Paul and Peter will talk about in their letters the false apostles, the false teachers, false prophets from Jeremiah and Isaiah. And they can poison. They look just like it, but they are poisonous. Mm -hmm. Don't we have that today? I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what I'm talking about either. I'm just rambling here. Okay. I'm telling you, relevant. Relevant. Thank you, Jesus. The parable of the mustard seed. He gave them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed that a man took and sowed in his field. It is the smallest of all the seeds, but when it is grown, it is the greatest garden plant and becomes a tree, so that the wild birds have a dust in its branches. Sorry. It's okay. I'll let um, you break there. This, um, it was, this is rhetorical hyperbole since technically a mustard plant is not a tree. This could refer to one or two types of mustard plant popular in Palestine. It would be either 10 or 25 feet tall. Yeah, that's not a tree. That's a tree. Okay. The parable of the yeast. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed with three measures of flour until all the dough had risen. Seems a little random. See if I have a note on that. Not really. See if I do. He told another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like hametz, which a woman took and hid in three measures of flour until it was all laden. Because, remember, we're used to American dry yeast that we sprinkle. Uh-huh. That's not this. This is fermented flour. So it has water already. And it had started to bloom. This was the discovery of yeast. And so they took that and they put it in um, flour that wasn't uh, added with water and started to its own fermentation, which made it rise. This was a jump start. This affected that process and it was not a negative thing it then helped to make bread sooner okay do you have a note um the parable of the yeast and the dough teaches that the kingdom of heaven sorry kingdom of god will start small but eventually grow to permeate everything Mm -hmm. jesus point was not to be deceived by its seemingly small start the same point made in the parable of the mustard seed which preceded this one Amen. So to give people hope, I would say. Yeah. Okay. The purpose of parables. Jesus spoke about all these things in parables to the crowds. He did not speak to them without a parable. 
This fulfilled what was spoken by the prophet. I will open my mouth in parables. I will announce what was hidden from the foundation of the world. Explanation for the disciples. He left the crowds and went into the house. And his disciples came to him saying, Explain to us the parable of the Darnell in the field. He answered, The one who sowed the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world and the good seed are the people of the kingdom. The poisonous weeds are the people of the evil one. And the enemy who sows them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the reapers are angels. As the poisonous weeds are collected and burned with fire, so it will be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send his angels, and they will gather from, from his kingdom everything that causes sin as well as lawbreakers. They will throw them into the fiery furnace, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their Father. The one who has ears had better listen. Parables... Can I, can I pause there? Yeah, of course. I want to make this very clear, listener. If you think that those teachers who've been saying that Jesus does not teach about hell, just that Jesus that. does not teach that there will be a place where they are tormented in pain for the yeah. rest of eternity, you have to cut this, delete it, and never speak of Matthew 13 ever again because he is being so plain in his explanation to the disciples of what exactly this meant he's not speaking in riddle he's speaking plain to them so we can understand that in fact the devil quote-unquote our enemy is actively seeding false teachers from this time to today from this time i mean in scripture so from the time of Jesus starting the church, false teachers are starting to come alongside. Until this day, we're here in America and around the world, we have active false teachers who are teaching a different gospel. Paul warns of it. John warns of it. Peter warns of it. And we see it throughout history and we see it today. They may say the name of Jesus, but I promise you, they are not talking about our Savior. Go ahead. Okay, parables on the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field that a person found and hid. Then because of joy, he went and sold all they had and bought that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant searching for fine pearls. When he found a pearl of great value, he went out and sold everything he had and bought it. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was cast into the sea that was that caught all kinds of fish. When it was full, they pulled it ashore, sat down, and put the good fish into containers and threw the bad away. It will be this way at the end of the age. Angels will come and separate the evil from the righteous and throw them into the fiery furnace, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Have you understood all these things? They replied, yes. Then he said to them, therefore, every expert in the law who has been trained for the kingdom of heaven is like the owner of a house who brings out of his treasure what is new and old. Mm-hmm. Rejection at Nazareth. Now when Jesus finished these parables, he moved on from there. Then he came to his hometown and began to teach the people in their synagogue. They were astonished and said, Where did this man get such wisdom and miraculous powers? Isn't this the carpenter's son? Isn't his mother named Mary? Aren't his brothers James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas? Aren't all his sisters here with us? So where did he get all of this? And so they took offense at him. But Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his hometown and in his own house. And he did not do many miracles there because of their unbelief. 
huge. It's gotta be, it probably broke his heart because it was people that he knew. And he knew that that would be the case, too. Mm-hmm. That's pretty intense. Yep. What a good read tonight. Yeah. What a very good read, starting with Joshua, which puts all this in motion, to uh, the Psalms. What a really beautiful read. Matthew does such a great job when he's writing about all of the parables. This is one of my favorite passages because of mm-hmm. that. And it's just so purely intense. I have one little note here. The reference to Jesus as the carpenter's son is probably derogatory, indicating mm-hmm. that they knew Jesus only as a common laborer like themselves. The reference to his mother, Mary, even though Jesus' father is probably dead at this point, appears mm-hmm. to be somewhat derogatory, for a man was not regarded as his mother's son in Jewish usage unless an insult was intended. Yep, because of patriarchy. The heck? Yeah. Well, again, don't look so at it with 21st century be, eyes, man. The girls would be Mark's daughters. Oh, that's cold right there. I see what you just said. Is that right? Well, I don't know, because what, they would that? be... Wait, no, that was... Oh, I thought you were being... You were, you were saying that in a... In a tongue-in-cheek fashion no 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 okay well because back in the day for well for instance the there's a prefix called ben right so ben hadad ben 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 her ben meant son of so um like it's interesting you know barabbas gets released but ben or bar meant son of so we have barabbas which meant son of the father so barabbas gets released and we have a lot of terms in Hebrew that mean the son of so-and-so because the father gave identity to the family, to the clan. So that's like, for instance, we have people now, their last name is Johnson, Peterson. You know, that means I'm the son of Andrew, uh, of John. Yeah. Right? So that's where the father's name mattered. And if they're not using the father's name, like you took my name when we got married. Yeah. Same kind of connotation here. So instead of saying Joseph's son, son of Joseph, now they say Ben Miriam. And it's like, because he doesn't have a daddy. Because that's what we know. He came from, he's a son of God, he doesn't have a daddy. And they made it a derogatory term. Anyway, hey everybody, we're going to say goodnight. Thank you so much for being part of it. We'll get back to more reading of the Word of God soon. I'm Mark. I'm the guy. I'm Andrew. I'm Brian. Thanks for joining us. We just got done reading the Bible. Good night.